Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Chapter 14, verses 15 to 24. Meet me over there if you can. Here we go. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Wow. Jesus replied with a story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. Please excuse me, I guess. So the servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. And so his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those who I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, thank you this morning for your word. Your word that was written many years ago but is relevant today. Your word that inspires us and and allows us to just go and do your work. God, this morning, I thank you for everybody here under the sound of my voice. Oh, God, this morning, bless your son. As I represent you, I pray that the voice that the people hear sounds a lot like yours and that the image they see resembles you. God, I make myself available this morning. Speak through me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. But they all began making excuses. Let me tell you a little bit of history here. See, back in the day during this time, if they were going to have a banquet you got two notices. The first notice was saying, sort of like an invitation. You didn't even have to RSVP. The first notice was saying, hey, I'm having a cookout. It's going to be dope. All the food you want, come. The next notice was, it's time to eat. They knew well in advance that the king was going to make all of this food, was going to decorate the house, was going to vacuum this day. Y'all know how y'all do when y'all got company was going to dust, break out the good china, huh? put the potpourri out when guests come, coming. 
laid it all out for them. They knew this in advance, had every opportunity to come, but gave excuses. Now, the one with the brother with the wife, I understand that. If you're a newlywed, you, you know, it's even biblical to kind of stay at home for a little bit for a season. You're newlywed. But everybody else, I got five oxen. I want to just, basically what he's saying is, I want to go, it, it, basically what he's saying is, I'm going to go play with my cows instead of going to eat this beautiful feast that you've prepared. Now, the major thing is, Jesus when, when he wanted to tell an important story, when he wanted to get his point across, he was a, a phenomenal theologian. Let's just use that term. That's not the best term, but we'll use that term just for this sake, to make it current. He knew old school law like nobody's business. He was extremely intelligent. He was extremely witty. But he knew when he wanted to get a point across, he had to speak in layman's terms. And so his best way to do that was to tell a story. Because in that story, you'd get an aha moment. And so when he tells a story, if you, if you understand how Jesus communicated with those he was communicating with, when he gave you a parable, he wanted you to get it, let it sink in and stick with you. What he's trying to share in this story is that Jesus is called, well, God is called on all of us. He was calling on them. He was, what he was saying to them is, God has extended an invitation to you all to this banquet Many times. He extended the initial invitation. He told you he was having a banquet for you when Moses came. He's extending an invitation to you now and you're still missing it. He extended an invitation when Jesus died and went on to glory. Listen, he extended an invitation, but many of us miss it. The invitation is there, but we all have excuses. We all want to do better in life. Who, want, who, who doesn't want better? Nobody wants, okay, good. Nobody wants better. Everybody, you want better? You don't want better? You want better. Everybody wants better, right? Nobody doesn't want better. And that's birth in you. God has placed that desire for more inside of you because he has more for you. That burden for more inside of you is because he has more. There's a purpose in all of our lives. Here's what I want to talk to you about. This is your first one if you're taking notes. We look at Facebook we look at Instagram, we look at social media, we look at all of these things, we see the lives of other people, we see our own lives. I'll tell you first and foremost, I'm a huge Instagram junkie, right? My first time being on Instagram a lot, I was just like, I just wanted to see what it was about. Then, then, then you find your kind of your niche, what you like to look at all the time. So then my next thing, I was just trying to see all my friends and what they were doing and looking at pictures. And my next thing I was looking for all the time was people who put those nice little quotes, now I'm working out and I'm trying to be, you know, get, get my, myself in shape. And so now I'm looking at all the people who are working out. I'm looking at their before and after shots. I'm looking at what they're eating and what they're cooking. I'm looking at the supplements that they're taking. This is my new addiction now in, to Instagram. I'm looking at quick workouts. I can do a, a two-minute workout before I get in the shower. I'm, I'm, I'm running back to my trainer, Tia, saying, look at, look at what I found on Instagram. This is my new thing is to look at these things. And when I look at them now... These people who are working out, I'm inspired, especially those who post their before and after. Like the people who, who, who used to have the muffin top. Okay, good. I want to get it right this week. Last week I said mushroom top, the muffin top. Hey, hey, I'm learning. The, I'm new with this fitness thing, so I'm learning the lingo, okay? Be patient with me. And so I look at these people who had 
a muffin top plus some. And then I look at them with eight and ten packs. Because y'all know six packs was like in the 80s, right? We went and moved up to ten packs now, okay? That's the goal, ten packs. And, and the only way you can see the ten packs, they kind of got to show you a little bit below the waistline, which is, you know, that's a little risque, but that's the way you can see the ten packs now. And so I look at them, I say, he goes from muffin top to ten pack. He weighed 205, now he's a buck 85. And I look at that and, and, and I say, you know what? I'm inspired because if they can do it, I can do it. I, I look at it and say, okay, how old are they? Oh, I'm the same age or they're older than me. If they can do it, I can do it. I, I, I look at what they're eating and I say, oh, that's easy to cook. I, I can eat uh, white, white, white meat for the week and broccoli and brown rice. I, I can do that. I don't have to put salt on my food. I, I can do that. I look at that and I'm inspired. I'm not discouraged, right? But let me tell you why I do get discouraged. Can I be confession? I just got to do it, all right? This is where I get discouraged. And this is what we're going to kind of get to this place in a minute. When I look at Instagram and I see all my pastor friends who planted churches and, 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 and and it's like, oh, man, we had 300 baptisms this week. They launched the same year we launched probably the same month we launched. And I'm like, wow, wow, I'm discouraged. Oh, but when I look and I see them having like these, these team meetings and, and, and then I see everybody show up that's on their leadership team, and I'm like, wow, wow, I'm discouraged. And I say, what makes them different than us? And, 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 I, and this is when I do a selfie like this of myself, and then I look at that selfie and say, Broderick, what are you doing wrong? Then I look at God and say, God, examine my heart, examine my motives, examine my work, examine my labor. Because that's the time that I get discouraged. I get encouraged when I see the 10-pack abs because I can do that. But sometimes when I stand here in this pulpit or when I'm up in the morning praying for this community and this church and all the people that are here and I look at Instagram and see what they're doing and I say, is that, you know, ah, what am I doing wrong? And that's where I get discouraged, y'all. Pastor's confession. When it's four of us in this place setting up and only one male, I get discouraged. And that's a real selfie. But I'm going to fix that. We're going to fix that today. We're going to walk through this thing this morning. Here's, here's what I know. This is your first note. I found my results when I lost my excuses. I found my results when I lost my excuses. Y'all can say that. I found my results when I lost my excuses. All of us want more. All of us want better. But the only way we get that is to move past our excuses. Any witnesses in here, we can make an excuse for anything, right? Huh? Any, you can make an excuse. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I would get on the prayer call, on, but man, that's kind of early, and I was up late last night. 
cool, maybe you don't want to be on a prayer call, but if it was something else, something tells me you'd find a way to get up that early. Man, man, I would, I would get over there and get to church a little bit early to help set up, but you know, man, uh, it's kind of tough because I live this far away. That means I'd have to get up an hour early. I get it. But if it was something else, I kind of believe we'd make it happen. I found my results when I lost my excuses. And here it is, these people in Luke who were offered to be at this banquet, this amazing banquet. And what what he's saying is this banquet that God has prepared for you, this time, this intimate time that he's prepared for you, we can all make excuses not to be there. And we will find excuses. But guess what? If you found the time to be there, you'd find better results in your life. You'd find greater success in your life. You'd find way more peace in your life. You'd find way more happiness and joy in your life. If you just stop with the excuses, we all have them. We all do. I have them. Many times, there's t- <laughs> many times, man, I got four kids, one car, and a wife. I can't make everything. But doggone it, I guarantee I'll be home in time to watch Game of Thrones. That's a laughable moment, but it's the truth. We find time to do what we want to do. That's just my thing. What's yours? Huh? Oh, man, I got, I got this, I got that. You will find time to do the things that you want to do. Why not find the time to do things that God wants you to do? It's not about you. We're not on this earth for ourselves. We're here to serve God. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. But if we get besides our doggone self and realize that, then and only then can we build up this kingdom. We're no longer churches are closing or pastors are quitting or pastors have the moral failure. We have to be the church, not attend a church. Oh, that's, that's a different sermon. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling something. I'm trying to hold that thing back. Here's some common excuses that we all use, right? Why we don't move ahead. Why we don't do certain things. Why we don't uh, 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 pursue the goals and, 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 and things that God has for us. Here's the first one. Common one that many of us use. Ready? Not enough information. Not enough information. In other words, I, I, I don't have enough education to do that thing. So I, I, I don't think that's for me. I'm not going to even pursue it. I, I, I'm not, I don't have a degree in that area. I'm, I'm just not going to pursue it because I, I just, just not, I can't do it. Maybe that's not you, okay? I want to know way more Bible but it's just hard for me to memorize stuff. Anybody had that problem? Oh, okay. We got some people that have memory problems. Okay, cool. What's your phone number? Yell out your phone number, everybody. If you know your phone number, say it. Say it out loud. Don't worry. Nobody can call you. When's your birthday? What's your address? Social security number. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just joking. Just joking. <laughs> I just see catch up. But you see all the, all the numbers you know? You got you you've applied to memory? Why? It took a long time. Right. You got gonna learn scripture overnight. 
But if you spend time in that word, if you're intentional about learning and memorizing scripture, you can memorize it the same way you memorize your birthday, your address. Some of y'all have multiple addresses. You can remember your third grade address. You can remember your sixth grade address. You can remember your grown folk address, your college address, your first. Come on now. You remember all your teachers, the favorite color, your favorite teacher, what their hair color was, the way they used to wear their hair. The, you, you remember certain things. You remember your best friend uh, uh, birthday. You remember your first boyfriend, the first girlfriend name, birthday, and where they used to live and how many times you used to go. Over. You remember all those things because they were important to you. Scripture is the most important thing to you. We can find excuses. But we find our results when we lose our excuses. We find our results when we lose our excuses. I want, I want to, I want to, I just want to be, I want to know the Bible inside and out. I'm not enough info. Watch this. I, 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 I want to, you know, I'm burdened to do this thing. I want to, I, I want to, I want to, I want to travel the world and help orphans. But you know what? How am I going to eat? How am I going to live? What am I going to do financially? I, I, I want to do this thing, but how am I going to? You know, the how is the excuse, right? <laughs> as soon as you say how, yeah, you just started making up an excuse as to why you can't do it. Do you know if you have a burden like that, God placed that in you? Huh? Now, if you wanted to travel the world and kind of live like lifestyles on the rich or famous and all of that stuff, that's different. I don't know if God will put that in you. But if you want to travel the world and help people that are, uh, that are unfortunate, that are poor, that don't have access to some of the basic things that you have access to, you know that God placed that burden on you? And do you know that if you step out there and say, you know what, God, I want, you know what, I know I'm making about six figures right now or, or, or 50000 or 75000 I'm doing good right now. I've got benefits, you know, and I'm doing well. I've got a crib, got a nice car. But God, if I leave all of that, I'm going to be so vulnerable, I'm going to be so naked. How am I going to survive? Do you know that if you step out there, he will provide everything you need? If you are serving his needs, he's going to provide for your needs? If you are serving and on the ground for him, he's going to take care of everything you need? That's, that's one of my dreams, y'all. Can I, can I tell y'all? It's, it's, and me and my wife talk about it. It's like, it's like my go-to-sleep dream. I want to travel the world planting churches. Real talk. In places where there aren't any. In places where they don't know God. This is why we have this relationship with the group going to Ghana. They're intentionally training up pastors planting churches in, in, a, in a highly populated Muslim area where people have never heard the name of Jesus Christ, never heard about the story of the resurrection or the crucifixion, never heard any of the greatness, never heard the gospel. And this group is going there intentionally. It's not by accident that I met this wonderful man named John Latimer, who is the founder of this organization, who lives in Carrollton. It's not by accident. We just so happen to be at a workshop exchanging information and he tells me about an organization that he has where they go and plant churches in an area where people have never heard Jesus and it's been on my heart for years I'm like that don't just happen that's God that's intentional 
And if he's burdening you to do something like that, stop worrying about your job. Stop worrying about your income. That's his job. You just do the work. Stop worrying about that. When he says plant a seed, he didn't tell you to go do a rain dance. He says plant a seed in the, for, in the, in the soil. Don't worry about the rain. I'm going to make it rain when it needs to rain. You just do the work. You just do the labor. I got you covered. Don't ignore that burden. Follow it. Embrace it. Here's the second excuse we have as a people. Common. So I'm not, there's not enough information. I don't have the degree. I can't, I have a poor memory, training, and all of this stuff. Here's the second one. I'm not qualified. Mm -mm -mm. Lord have mercy. That's me all day long. Not qualified. I remember the first business I ever started, I wasn't qualified. But somebody told me, man, you know what, man, you need to turn that thing into a business. You know, what you do, you do, you do it well, and you need to do it. And I stepped out on faith and did it. You know what that business was? Music. Real talk. Music. Before, listen, listen. I was working as a manager, making good money, great benefits at at and I was, man, I, I could have stayed there. I, I was I could have retired there if I wanted to. I felt that good. Moved up very quick. Management was doing very well for myself. But the money wasn't enough for me. I needed more. See, money's good. That'll buy you that temporary smile. Money's good, you know. It's good when you pay your bills and stuff and you or you walk up to the wall and you go click. Oh, look at the lights. They work today. I paid the bill. Or you go to your fridge and be standing there wasting energy looking what you're gonna eat. Because your money took care of that. Doesn't that feel, that feel good? I mean, we can, we can confess, right? We can confess where you want to take your kids out to the movies or you want to just go hang out. That's, that feels good to have that money. But it wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough for me. I was missing something. Something was missing. You know what it was? At 8 o'clock in the morning, when I, well, I'm sorry about that. 8 o'clock, I had to check in. 6.30 in the morning when I had to get up to go check in and make a whole bunch of money for somebody else. Didn't feel good. I didn't like the job. I liked the money. And truth is, a lot of us are working that type of same situation right now. I hate the job, but man, the money is great. It don't get much better than this. I hate the gig, but the money's good. I like being able to look at Bank of America or, or Wells Fargo and say, look, at, look what's in my account. So I'm not going to just leave that. I love my lifestyle. And so what I did was I quit AT&T. And pursued music full time and loved every minute of it and got a chance to see the world in a different way. Loved every minute of it and was very appreciative of it. Why? Because I stopped chasing money and started chasing my passion. And what that passion did, it led me to where I am now. My first church experience, I started off as a musician in church. My first ministry I ever started was one based around the drums. Uh, the, the, the next, and then I learned what ministry was. It all tied into one thing. Me not chasing money, but chasing God. Stopped chasing the money and started chasing God. And once I started chasing God, he provided the money. Stop chasing the money, chase God. He's going to give you everything. When I said he'll make it rain, I wasn't talking about just the rain for the seed you plant on the ground. I'm talking about he'll make it rain for you in your pockets. I'm not saying make you rich, but take care of your needs is what I'm talking about. You don't have to worry about that. You're not qualified. Guess what I know about being qualified? Watch this, 2 Corinthians 3, 5. says this, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. 
It's not that we are qualified to think we can do anything on our own. You got to catch that on our own part. Our qualification comes from our degree. Oh, our qualification comes from our training. Our qualification comes from God. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the call. God does not call people that are equipped. He equips the people that he calls. God does not call people that are already empowered. He empowers the people that he calls. But we have to stop making excuses as to why we're not doing anything. He will never equip you if you don't step first. He will never empower you if you don't step first. He will never ever call, he will never ever qualify you if you don't step first. You've got to move. We've gotten to a place where we just pray our way through everything and God is like, yo, I've heard your prayers, but when are you going to get off your butt? I'm not deaf. My ears are big. I can hear. I see. I've read your prayers. I see your petition. I see you crying. I see you putting oil on your head. I see you got people praying around you, but you're still sitting on the couch. Stop it already. Faith without works is, and that's real. We have to labor as well. We get to a point where we're just so comfortable praying, praying. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray about it. Don't going to do something about it, then pray while you're doing it. It's a big difference. Here's a, here's a third excuse that is common for us. Watch this. We don't, we, don't, we don't pursue some of the things we're supposed to because why? Because of limitations. Because of limitations. We don't pursue a lot of stuff because of limitations. 2 Corinthians 12, 8, and 9 says this. I love what Paul is saying here. This is one of my favorites. This has gotten me through the past two weeks. It says, three different times I begged the Lord Take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. No, my power works best when you're strong. No, in weakness. So I am glad to boast about my weakness, says Paul, so that the power of Christ can work through me. Any weak people in the house today? Yeah. Good news. Good news, you're in the best place you can be. You're in the best place you can be. If you've hit your border, if you've hit your wall, if you've exhausted all of your energy and you feel weak and you don't have any strength to go on, baby, guess what? You're about to come up because God says, my, my grace works best when you're weak. At your weakest point, he is strong. It's wonderful to have limits. It's wonderful to be there. And Paul says, and I'm going to boast in it. I'm going to brag that I can't do it all by myself. I'm going to brag. I'm going to shout that I ain't smart enough. I'm going to brag and shout that I'm not strong enough. I'm going to brag and shout that I ain't got all the money right now. I'm going to brag and shout that I ain't where I, where I want to be, but I sure ain't where I used to be. I'm going to boast about it because this is an opportunity for my God to get grace. Wow, that's exciting. Wow, that's exciting. As we recognize our limitations, we become way more dependent on God than our own energy, effort, and talent. Here's the thing about limitations. Ready? We all have them. Every single one of you and myself. We all have them. But they all serve a purpose. 
our limitations all serve a purpose. And here's the thing. We can either whine about it. We can do something about it. We can either whine about it or do something about it. Here's what I know about limitations. One, they cause you to be way more reliant on God's strength and not your own. Here's something else, very practical. Limitations cause you to be very creative. When you are limited, you have to be creative in how you do stuff. You know, if, if I could take it back historically, uh, uh, when they gave us the slops, when we were slaves and masters say, here, you can have the guts of the pig. We made chitlins. We were creative. We were like, we ain't going to starve. We're going to make it work. Amen, somebody. Uh, uh, when we were trying to figure out some other things and, and Dr. George Washington Carb was sitting in there, he says, what am I going to do with this peanut? And he came up with a whole bunch of different patents on what you could do with a peanut. And there's so much protein caught up in that. It, listen, 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 listen what I'm trying to tell you here. Limitations cause you to be creative. When, when, when you hit your wall and there's no way to get out, you start to think of creative ways to do something. You become a spiritual MacGyver. All right, some of y'all are too, too, too young to know about MacGyver. Y'all don't remember MacGyver? That dude could make, he could make a, a rocket out of a rubber band. Huh? I used to call my granddaddy uh, a MacGyver because he's a Puerto Rican. My grandfather could fix anything and make, and make anything. And I remember one time the screen door, we had this little screen door, and you know they have this, the metal uh, coil thing so it can come back, so you open it and it comes back. Well, that coil thing broke. My grandfather got this really fat, uh, 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 short uh, rubber band, and he used that, and the door would open and swing just the same way that little coil did. They wanted to charge you $5 for that coil. But no, my grandfather says, I'm the Puerto Rican MacGyver. And he put it together. I remember one time he made a, he made an air pump out of a refrigerator mower. Yeah, yeah, y'all try to figure that one out too. He's, he was bad. My grandfather could do anything. He hooked up. Listen, before they had surround sound, my grandfather had surround sound on the stove. He went in. Yeah, I'm my, my, my grandfather was bad. Ruben Santiago, my granddaddy. He put the speakers behind the stove, and you didn't even know it. So he said, when you're cooking, you can be cooking. You know, you be dancing when you're cooking. That's how my grandfather thought, man. Puerto Rican Maguire. God bless you, abuelo. Yes, that was my man. Limitations, y'all. We, we get so caught up in our limitations. Here's the final one I want to share with you. So we have... The common excuses we use, not enough info, meaning I'm, I'm not qualified enough. There's, I, my memory's poor. I can't mem- memorize scripture. Uh, uh, I don't have enough training. The other one is, 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 is I'm not qualified. I, I, I just, you know, I've never done this job before. I've never done that before. I've never budgeted before. I've never had to do that before, so I'm not qualified. Then limitations. Oh, I'm limited. The video I wanted to show you all was incredible, but I'm going to talk about it. There was a... And I think Michael Omosu and Brittany may, may, I don't know if they know the guy personally, but he went to school with them. There's a guy who works for Kendrick uh, Motors. Is it Kendrick or Hendrick? Hendrick with an H. Yeah, he works for Hendrick Motor. They're the winningest uh, uh, motor team in, in NASCAR. And this guy was born, I forgot his name, but he was born with uh, sh- very, very short arms. And uh, was it no arms, actually? No arms, just hands. And, uh, you know, and he has to do everything with his feet. Went on, you know, when he was little, that didn't, he used his limitations to get him to do great things. So while all of his friends were riding bikes, this guy with no hands, mind you, 
learn how to ride a bike. Oh, you got to see the video. It's incredible. He learned how to ride a bike, so he was hanging out with all of his friends. They told him, well, obviously, without hands, there's a lot of things you can't do. You can't play sports. He played sports. Uh, you won't be able to drive a car. Not only can he drive a car, he built his own car. It was a classic. It was a super sport. I think it was a Monte Carlo or Impala. No, it was an Impala. He built an, rebuilt an Impala with no hands. Then he gets hired to design, like, the motors for the winningest team in NASCAR, the Hendrick team. Talk about limitations, and he's driving the car he built. How did, what, whoa, how did he drive with no hands? He created something on his own. In other words, he could have just sat there and says, you know what, you're probably right. I'll never, ever know what it's like to drive or ride my bike. I'll never, ever know what it's like to actually wrap my arms around somebody and get a hug. I, I, I'll never know what it's like to do certain things that people with arms can do, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to figure out how I can have a normal life just like everybody else. He didn't go to a special school. Obviously, he went to Clemson. He graduated from Clemson University. Okay? He didn't go to a special school in high school. He went to regular school. He excelled, scored at the top of his class. He wasn't different. He looked different, but his lifestyle was just the same, if not better than some of us who make excuses. We have all of our limbs, but we, 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 we got a nice flat cushion on the backside. Why? Because we're sitting on it. This young man didn't do that. He got up, did not let his limitations keep him from doing what he was called to do. And because of that, he's a, not only does he have a great job, he's a motivational speaker. He speaks all across the place, talking about how we can move past our limitations and do some great things and inspire others. Again, another reason I look at Instagram, to see these people who, had limitations. There's a story of a guy who was a paratrooper. And I saw this the other day on Facebook, and I was like, man, it brought me to tears. This guy was a paratrooper, and jumping out of the plane all the time. Eventually, you know, his knees were getting bad. And one, one time he jumped, and that was it. He, he, he messed himself up, so he had to leave the service. I forgot what branch of the army he I mean, what branch of the service he was in, military he was in. But nonetheless, he was out of it. So he was all depressed, all beat up about it. And so uh, you, can, you can YouTube this. And so what he began to do is he gained tons of weight. You all saw this video on Facebook? Yeah. Gained tons of weight and uh, just really was beat up spiritually and physically, I guess you could say. But somehow he discovered yoga, right? So he started doing little by little. I mean, this guy was really overweight in the house, just walking on the two cane things. And so he, he started doing yoga, and he did, you know, little poses at a time, just doing it. He would fall, get up, fall, get up. And he's doing all these different poses a little bit at a time, fall and get up. He's just doing his little thing. And, but he never gave up. He could have remained in the, you know, funk that he was in, in the dark place he was in, the depression he was in. But he says, you know what? I'm going to take it one day at a time. I'm going to take it one pose at a time. So he would do a pose, get his balance, master that pose. Okay, now let me move on to the next pose. He'd do a pose, master that pose, get the next one. If you want to YouTube it, you YouTube, um, it's a veteran that does yoga or something like that. If you Google something like that, you'll find it. It'll be probably the first one that comes up. But anyway, he would master one pose, keep going. Eventually, this guy's doing stuff that some of us who are in very good shape, like you know, work out every day, can't even do. This guy's doing handstands now. 
balancing himself upside down, straight, straight up and down. I mean, he's doing some amazing things. Why? Because he did not let his limitations get in the way. Don't let your limitations get in the way. Watch this. What I say earlier, what did I say earlier? I said, we found our results when what? We lost our excuses. We found our results when we lost our excuses. And look at his results. If you watch that video, you'll see. I had it prepared for you, but don't worry about it. You all have internet, right? Oh, my goodness. Y'all are like prehistoric or something. You don't have internet up in here? Okay. All right. I understand. I'm not going to judge anyone. It's expensive. I'm not going to lie. Okay, here we go. Final thing, and then we're out. Final thing. Here's the final excuse that we make as to why we don't move on and pursue what God is calling us to pursue. Ready? My past. My past. My past. Romans 8 one says this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, I look at I look at I look at so many people. There's brothers I talk to. There's one particular brother I've been speaking with, and uh, convicted felon. And he 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 that was his excuse for not doing well in life. Convicted felon, man, I got this felony, I can't do it. Brother didn't even have ID. Only ID he had was his penitentiary ID. When he got out the pen, that's the only ID he had. No social security card, no birth certificate, nothing. But he had a lot of debt to follow because he just did not pursue stuff. It's like, oh, it's going to cost me this much. I owe this much for that. I owe this much for that because he just let stuff ring, uh, mount up because he didn't have his ID. And I said, that's your past, brother. You can change that today. You can change that today. Find out how much it is to get your first piece of ID. We got you. The brother goes and gets his first piece of ID. I said, you do the work. We got you financially. So he goes and goes down to the Social Security place, gets his Social Security card. Bam, first step. Next step is now you got the Social Security card. Now I can go get a Georgia State ID. I don't need a license. I just need an ID. I said, because without the ID, you can't vote. You can't apply for a job. You can't go to the hospital. You can't do anything without a photo ID. That prison ID is only going to get you but so far. I says, if you get that photo ID, I guarantee you get a job. All right, cool. So he's got the social security card, gets the photo ID. Now let's go apply for some jobs. He gets his birth certificate. We pay for that. So he gets all of his ID. Now he's somebody in the eyes of the government. Before he was a nobody with just a prisoner ID, but now he's a somebody. He's a citizen with all of this. Now let's go apply for some jobs. So he goes, we don't hire fellas. I said, you're going to get that. So let's do some research. I don't have a computer. The public library does, and you can use it. No, no, how much? Free. It's yours. Go check it out. Go to public library. We look specifically. We Google companies that hire convicted felons. 200 or more companies come up. Literally. Even some were government jobs, believe it or not. I'm like, whoa, even the government give you a second chance. So we start applying. He gets in with the temp agency. He's working. After the temp agency's done, that contract's done, he starts applying everywhere. Right now, I just want to say, the brother now, currently, today, as we speak, he's not even here, works at Golden Corral, full-time. He's already moved up to full-time. He goes from part-time to full-time in just a week. Yeah, you got a pass. I got a pass. Everybody's got a pass. And it ain't perfect. But 
that's the beauty of God's redemption. That's the beauty of salvation. That's the beauty of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. That's the beauty of restart. And God gives us a whole bunch of restarts. We just got to know how to press the button. And the button is prayer. We all got a past. Some of Jesus' closest disciples had a past. And that past followed him. We can talk about Peter, who was handy with the knife. He was a fisherman, so he's got to be good with a knife as a fisherman. He's got to know how to make his own net. He's got to know how to separate the fish from the, from the hook. He's got to use that knife well. Well, he used it well one time when one of these guards were coming up against Jesus. He pulled that knife out and said, Whoa! and he cut his ear off. He had a past that followed him, meaning he was quick-tempered, but he used that quick temper. He used that wit to stand up in front of thousands of people and share the good news and bring people into a faith that we now call Christianity today. Peter had a past, but his past catapulted him to be the leader that we know him to be in the Bible today. We all have a past. Whatever your past is, I want to tell you, God takes everything from your past, makes it redeemable, and uses it for his good. Whatever your past is, it's a gift in it. I was a poetry, I used to do poetry, I was a a, a slam artist, I used to do poetry uh, competitions, that's what slamming, poetry slamming is, and you would battle, and I used to do some very erotic stuff, adult stuff, for all the wrong reasons, you know, my poetry was just, you know, good like that, you understand what I'm trying to tell you, and I used it for all the wrong reasons, but what God was building in me was the comfort to speak publicly, And now that same tongue I use to manipulate people and and say uh, erotic things, God used that now to use words of encouragement, words of inspiration, words to share the gospel, words to destroy the evildoer, words to speak truth and, and, and light into a dark world. God used that same tongue that was bad, redeemed it and made it good, so now people come to Christ. I bet you got a similar story. I bet you have a similar story. You have a past, and whatever that is in your past, it's not all bad, baby. It's redeemable if you give it to God and let him use that thing from your past to build up his kingdom. Your past shouldn't be an excuse. It's a gift. Your past is your testimony. You are here. Use it. So here it is. Let's go through these four real quick, and then we're out of here. Watch this. Watch this. Here are the four. Here are four common excuses. There's not enough info. You feel I'm not qualified. You're stuck in your limitations. Finally, you're stuck in your past. Here's what I want to tell you right where you are today. Right where you are. Watch this. Right where you are today. Watch this. Never let the situation around you limit the scope of God's vision for your life. Never let the situation around you Limit the scope. Watch this. The scope of God's vision for your life. Do you know God's scope is so big? He's got a plan written out. Your name is on it. Nobody else can change it. Nobody can add to it. Nobody can take away from it. It's your plan designed for you before you were even created in your mother's womb. And in the end, you will win. He already drew it out for you. He already included your name in the plan. He already ordered the steps. He wrote out the map for you. And nobody can add or take away from it. Never let the situation around you 
jack up God's scope for his plans for you. Don't do it. Because wherever you are right now, it's seasonal. There's an ending point. Whatever your situation is right now, it will end. It will expire. Even if you feel that you are at the top of your game right now, it will expire. There's more to do. Amen? Listen, say this with me and we're done. I found my results when I lost my excuses. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.